where else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. Let's go, Buffalo! By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it! This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. This is pandemonium! Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser, Icorn, Alex Jones, Buffalo Bills, fresh off a 32-6 drubbing of the New York Jets. And Alex, I'm sure you can agree that uh, that performance by the team as a whole, I think it was just what the doctor ordered. There's some injuries to discuss and all that, but the final result... Good, solid win for the Bills to get back there offensively uh, into a tough post-Thanksgiving Day matchup coming up in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was the sort of get-right game you need from a team who has been sort of brinking, um, on the on the brink of things. Honestly, it started off so hot with that Reggie Gilliam um, huge hit on the kick return right. or who ended the week one game. Um, huge fumble recovery for the Bills. They get points off that turnover, go for three state straight field goals, and then the touchdowns open up. And in all honesty, you said it best. It's exactly what the doctor ordered. It is exactly what this team needed to sort of get their confidence back. And I thought it was really impressive showing by Joe Brady um, against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Yeah, Robert Sala... um... You know, I think he showed before he even got there. He was a good defensive mind. He did great things with San Francisco and everything. And uh, ultimately, um, as good as they are, the Bills got the best of them. And um, how much do you credit that to, I don't know, you know, putting on Ken Dorsey, that's not fair. But maybe just shaking up the staff, I don't know, added some revitalization to this offense. I'm not trying to knock on Ken Dorsey, but... Maybe it added just a little bit of spice going into this game. Yeah, I think what it did is it it, it kind of did something we haven't seen since Dable was offensive coordinator, where the Bills were having fun again. You know, it was a lot of um, a lot of mesh concepts, a lot of things that got receivers open early, let Josh kind of get in that flow of just like hitch throw, hitch throw, hitch throw, let him get in hit early in the run game, wake him up. It it, it seemed like sort of the opposite of what we see on our Dorsey, which was almost like weirdly protecting Josh, but also kind of sticking him out there. Um, it was a lot of stuff you like to see early. The run game looked really good down the stretch. And in all honesty, Joe Brady's first game as offensive coordinator for the Bills, I don't think you could ask for much better. Yeah, uh, I mean, all in all, Bills played solid. Josh had that one pick right before halftime. All right, so I'm at the game. It's tough to tell. Everyone in my section was kind of like, aw, when the interception ended the half. But did, did he slip? Did he not get his feet set? What was it that caused that ball to not even get to the end zone with a guy who has an arm like Josh Allen? I think it was that he, he just really sped up his mechanics and didn't get into it. He literally didn't even play on his feet. He just basically tried to arm, arm throw it, which he had time. He probably should have just taken half a second Hey, settle your feet, get the mechanics, really get everything into it. it. It's just sort of like a golfer who shanks one. He didn't get everything into that. End up a little short, which 
honestly, no harm, no foul. That interception shouldn't even count as interception because it's more like, hey, it's the end of half. We're going to tackle him. Don't worry about it. Josh Allen, 20 of 32, 275 yards, three touchdowns through the air, including an 81-yard dash to the house by Khalil Shakir. What you make of that play, Alex? I mean, it looked like Sauce Gardner was coming in. He, w- he was going to get a piece of it, and nope, into Shakir's hands, uh, dances through and finds his way to the house. Well, don't worry about it, Brad. It, was, it wasn't Sauce Gardner's fault. You know, that's one thing we can say for sure. <laughs> right. In a cover three with no one pressing your outside shoulder. Um, yeah, definitely picking up the skinny post. It was not Sauce Gardner. That's the one thing we do know. It wasn't Sauce Gardner's fault because we don't know defenses. Yeah, it was It was a great <laughs> job. It was, it was one of those things you see um, from a team aspect where everybody sort of did they, what they needed to do. The offensive line did a really good job shielding Josh and dissuading pressure on that play. Um, Dalton Kincaid, who's been very lauded for this, went down, really got downfield there and, and threw a hip check that set three jets flying and allowed Shakir to, to break into the end zone. And then a great job by Shakir watching the ball all the way in, turning it up and then making the cutback to get into the end zone. Like, just honestly, excellent team execution overall. I, I'm going to be honest with Brad, the one play was the Deion Dawkins play. When Deion Dawkins pancakes his guy, sends another guy to the ground, and then finishes his block through the man, through the turf, that, and then gets up and gets punched in the face and looks like he just got shot by a sniper, that to me was the ultimate, like, oh, the boys are having fun again. Well, a solid win for the Bills to go ahead and turn things around, uh, putting an end to two-game skid and moving the Buffalo Bills to a game over 500. Six and five uh, as they head into Philadelphia this weekend. Other takeaway from this game here, Alex? You know, I, I thought the defense, even as ravaged as it is by in, in, injury, looks really good. Man. Leonard Floyd and Ed Oliver, AJ Epinesa, Root. This defensive line unit across the board is having one of the best seasons we've seen from them. Just absolutely beasting. Just like, Ed literally at one play, I forget when it was, maybe second quarter, they're on a stunt. He crashes into the tackle, resets his pass rush, and then uses the tackle as a projectile and throws him into Zach Wilson. Like, just the defensive line wanting basically being everything we've wanted from them over the past 10 seasons. Sure. Yeah. Honestly, this is the best the, the defensive line has looked since that Jim Schwartz 2014 defense that ended up with like 50-something sacks that Mario Williams, Jerry Hughes, Kyle Williams, Marcel Darius were like all of them had 10 sacks each. It was crazy. All right, here's a question. There's been so much on, you know, the star players and, you know, Stephon Diggs and getting them involved. You know, Stephon Diggs did not have a big game in this one. Is that an issue? No, because, Brad, we, we got to remember, like, going back, think about the years under Dable. Under, like, the one the game, I always use an example. There's two, were the Isaiah McKenzie... New England games. 
where Isaiah McKenzie went for like 210 yards and three TDs because the Bills basically were like, all right, you can guard everyone except McKenzie, so we're just going to go to McKenzie. And that's what it felt like. There is one singular weakness on this Jets defense, and it's that their, their linebackers, while aggressive, are a little bit on the slower end. So if you can get your pass catching backs and tight ends against those slow-moving linebackers, you're going to have success, and that's what the Bills did. I'm not mad with it in the slightest because they literally, it was just, it almost seems like a classic table where it was like, we see a weakness, we exploit it. And you didn't see that under Dorsey. Dorsey was much more of like a classic OC, like, oh, we're going to run our plays, we're going to run our system, our scheme, our ideas. Joe Brady was like, I see a weakness, let's attack that. And it's sort of like when you're playing Madden against somebody, you're like, well, you didn't stop it, let's just keep spamming. And that's what it looks like. The Bills scored two touchdowns on running back throws. Just honestly, an excellent gameplay call overall, taking advantage of that weakness. Ty Johnson, three receptions, 47 yards, and his touchdown. James Cook, three receptions, 29 yards, and his touchdown. And then we already talked Khalil Shakir. He had three receptions, 115 yards, and a score in this one. Dalton Kincaid reels in six for 46 yards. On the evening, Stefan Diggs, four receptions, but only 27 yards. So second in the team in receptions, but it didn't amount to yards. But then you said, you know, someone else will step up on this. And I don't know. I feel like ever since we drafted Shakir in the third round that a lot of Bills fans have been getting hyped for him and hoping that we would get to see some brilliance. And I think finally we got that Khalil Shakir game under our belt. Uh, actually, he was a fifth-round pick right out of Boise was State. It, okay, but I, I thought I was yeah. upping him a little bit. He, he was a fifth-rounder in James Cook's draft class. Um, and but he, but also he has played. He was a guy who was very projected in the second day. First, like fringe talk, sec, like mainly second day, a little fringe talk of a first rounder, and he fell to the fifth round because he's sort of not a measurable guy. However, he showed, like so many other wide receivers, Puka Nuka Nuka Anuka is the other one who reminds me of that. Um, he 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 looks so much better than his than his draft stock was, right? Because when you're drafting these guys for their upside, Shakir's upside is decent, but in actuality, his main upside is the fact that he is incredibly skilled. Like his stealing was hot. And so I was really excited to see him use an expanded role. It feels like they've really started to elevate his status and started to really see him as the number three receiver, which he should be at this point. Yeah, and I think that was all hoping the point we would see him reach. Here's another one. Gabe Davis, uh, contract year, not really having a contract season at this point. Targeted once, no catches in this game. I mean, is it just needless to say that he uh, Gabe Davis is not going to be a Buffalo Bill next year? Um, it's a hard maybe because Joe Brady even said in his press conference this week that Gabe Davis was the MVP of the offense. He wasn't on the stat sheet, but he did a lot of things right. He was blocking well. He was setting up other people well. They really like him. They named him a captain this year. Um, he's like a multi-time Iron Award winner, which is their off-season workout award. 
So I think if it comes at the right price, I think Gabe stays with the Bills. However, I just feel like there's going to be a team in free agency who pays him stupid money, who comes in with a Christian Kirk-esque offer, and the Bills are going to be like, well, like Gabe, we'd love to retain you, but this means we get an extra third-round pick next year, so we'll trade you for a third-round pick. You basically up the value by a round on him. So I, I don't think it's – I'm going to say it's 75-25. Fair. Does it bother you at all that, I mean, even if he did block and do things well in this game, just from the fame perspective exclusively here, that he didn't amount to anything on the stat sheet? No, simply because, again, it's it it makes me think back to Dable, where you would have these games where it'd be like, oh, Diggs had one target for four yards. And it's like, yeah, because they kept shading the defense to him. Like, if you're shading the defense to a guy, like, I'm not going to, I'm purposely not going to throw it in his direction. So, you know what? I'm going to, honestly, like, I'm, I'm fine with it simply because it means the Jets were probably scheming towards him and he was getting other people up. All right, well, the Bills got a big test this Sunday. They'll head to the city of quote-unquote brotherly love, taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, 425 on CBS. And the Eagles coming off a big win over KC last night on the road to uh, get a big Monday night football win. So, I don't know. I feel like this is still a very vulnerable Eagles team that, although I think, uh, you know, this is their game to lose, Buffalo still has a shot coming into this one. I agree, uh, Brad, 100%. I think they really do have a shot. Um, I I think the Eagles are, because when this team is rolling, there is very, you know, they can beat anyone in the NFL. Like, that game could have been so much worse. If they convert those first three drives into touchdowns instead of field goals, it's 21 nothing. It's 21 nothing. That's game over. So it, it, there's, it's just going to take a little time and a little, like, uh, finesse for Joe Brady to figure out what to do in the red zone. But when you're there, if, if this team's hot, they can compete with or beat any team in the NFL. we got to thank you so much for tuning in to the Buffalo Bills Draft House podcast. I'm Brad the Brizzer Icorn. He's Alex Jones. Follow us across our social media. I'm still going to call it Twitter. At Twitter, follow me at Bills Bruiser at TW Callahan for Alex. Follow the site here at DHS Buffalo or at DraftHouseSports.com and on Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. So 425 from Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Coming up on Sunday, 425 televised on CBS. So, uh, you know, two quarterbacks that pretty much, you know, dictate their team's success on the field. Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, I think two very good quarterbacks here. Hurts, uh, close to 2,500 yards, or 20, yeah, 2,500 passing on the year. Uh, Josh Allen just outside of 2,900 right now. 22 touchdowns for Josh through the air. 15 for Hurts through the air. Uh, Swift, who comes in from the Lions, having a strong year, nearly 700 yards. 
James Cook is only two yards behind him and about 10 carries shy of him as well at 688. Only one score for him this year. And then Stephon Diggs commanding a great year already. 895 to A.J. Brown's 1K right now. Seven touchdowns for Diggs, six for A.J. So that's just some of the matchups going to in this game. What matchups intrigue you in this uh, late week matchup here post-Thanksgiving? It's definitely how the banged-up defensive back four for the Bills will face off against this elite receiving core. Um, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goder, um, just DeAndre Smith, they're Swift even out of the backfield. Just a, a really good group of you know receivers with a run with a strong run game um, and a good offensive line. It, it's going to be interesting to see how they hold up. The big thing I think is going to be the Bills need to get pressure on Jalen Hurts because if they get pressure on Jalen Hurts early, they can make him uncomfortable, which really will speed up those windows. Um, the Eagles like a lot of deep passing concepts, and so if you can get to Hurts, it takes a lot of stuff what uh, that they want to do off the table. All right, so no official injury report this week uh, since we are coming at you on a Tuesday. Um, but we can tell you that uh, as of this morning, uh, Dane Jackson uh, and Teron Johnson still in concussion protocol. Uh, Taylor Rapp chance to play. Everything came back negative on him. That's huge. Hate to see anyone leaving an ambulance especially. Uh, but fortunately, it sounds like he may be okay on this one. Um one, one thing that I think we, we didn't get into, and let's backtrack a little bit here on the Jet game because I think he's going to be an important figure. Rasul Douglas came in, and on the stat sheet, I mean, you can't ask for much better. Two picks and a fumble recovery or a forced fumble. I mean, fantastic game from him so far. I would say, yeah, Bills won that trade with Green Bay. 100%. And the interesting thing too, Brad, I noticed is – um, a few times on third down, the Bills went to a three-three-five look. So they subbed at a defensive tackle, and they subbed in Dorian Williams, um, and put it into a basically like it's either a five-one or three-three-five, depending on how you want to cut that pig. But it was an interesting development because it, it shows something that it, you didn't really see from Leslie Frazier, which is McDermott willing to adapt and fixed and fit to his personnel and really say you know what like hey we're gonna we're just gonna make this weird looks and make you guys uncomfortable with something you haven't seen yet and so that was a really exciting thing where you can add something like that to make opposing teams uncomfortable um that defensive coordinators or offensive coordinators will not have to plan seeing that from the bill defense and how effective it was um, so it, it's exciting to see this defense, and specifically Rasul Douglas came in and balled out. Two picks, one for fumble recovery, as you said. Um, you know, it's exciting to see this D coming together and sort of continuing their dominant run, which they've had this season. Yep. Yeah, uh, so big matchup here for the Bills. I think really in this one for them to have a shot against a very good Eagles team. I think we've said this in games past. They really need to go tit for tat. 
Yeah, I could easily see that, Brad. Like, I think this is going to be one of those games who wins first. Um, Eagles have a very good defense, but I think there's some parts the Bills could exploit and go after. And so it, it's going to be, I, I agree, I think it's going to be one of those games that whoever blinks first, fit for tat, that's going to be the winner. Whoever's, whoever basically can stop the other one first. Well, we did see that it was a 21-17 game between them and the Chiefs, so it might slow down at a certain point and end up being, you know, who blinks first defensively. Forcing turnovers would be huge. Uh, I believe it was six games they went without an interception. Um, so I, I think, needless to say, forcing some turnovers in this one obviously doesn't have to be just INTs, however you can get them. I mean, look at the volumes like we said in the very first play of the game. You know, Reggie Gilliam jars the ball loose on the kickoff. Quentin Morris recovers, and the Bills are set up. They only got three points out of it, but still – Taking advantage and trying to come away with at least some points in any turnover situation, crucial in this Week 12 matchup. Yeah, and I think you saw the Bills get a little more after it um, in that expect in that aspect in this game. Um, it, it seemed to be a focus headed into the game, um, which for them is a big thing. Uh, so far this year, Jalen Hurts 15 touchdown passes, nine interceptions. So he will give up the rock a little bit in the air. He also does have some ball security issues. He gets stripped semi-regularly. Most famous one, it was in the Super Bowl where he just dropped the ball and kicked it away. Um, so if you can start forcing those turnovers and really put the pressure on the Eagles, that would be your best case scenario. All right. Well, it is the Bills, the Eagles doing business coming up. Sunday from Lincoln Financial Field, a 425 kickoff in this one. Uh, will be televised on CBS, so should be a fun matchup in this one. Um, you know, I, the Eagles obviously are the, the toast right now of the NFC at this point. Buffalo fighting and trying to keep their footing with Miami. Miami playing the Jets. Yeah, uh, if they drop this game, I almost think at this point you're just trying to get in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I think you're just, you're just, it, it just is what it is at that point. You know, you just got to win out. I mean, I think we're in a win out scenario. I, I think it's a little overblown right now because this many teams in the hunt this late in the season, it's going to even out eventually, right? There's teams that are hot that are going to fail. Just the truth. They're going to, they just are. So I, I kind of expect some of those teams to fall off here in the stretch. We get to see who are the pretenders, who are the contenders. Um, and if they don't, if anybody can, conti everyone continues to be this even, um, I, I don't, it's, it's going to come down to the wire and the bills have to win every game then because all of their losses have come against the AFC. Yep. Tis true. Losses to Jacksonville. Uh, losses to the Denver Broncos, losses to New England, loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, and then a loss to the Jets to start out here. Five losses, all from AFC teams, not helping at this point. But, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't get too down if the Bills don't win this game. You know, I almost thought of this the other day. Look at the two Super Bowls that the Giants won in recent memory. They did not win their division either year. They were a wild card and went all the way as a road team all the way to the Super Bowl, and they won it both times. Nothing says 
you have to have home advantage to win. I think this team is built to win, but the hiccups and the uh, palpitations that they had earlier in this year um, have put them in a, in a position that they're going to just have to find whatever way they can to claw their way through and find their way on top at the end of the year. And it's not going to be the prettiest way possible. You're not going to get a lot of style points out of it, but it doesn't matter if you're king of the mountain at the end. Well, that's the thing, too, is, I mean, at first, it feels like the team that makes it the Super Bowl rarely is the one who's the hot charger to begin the season. Like, I can remember four or five teams off the top of my head who made it in the wild. Uh, the Packers, that Packers team under Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Steelers a couple times under uh, Ben Roethlisberger. The Eli Manning Giants. All of those guys were wild card teams who fought tooth and nail, got hot at the right time, and then just made a run to the playoffs from the wild card. So that's one of the things is that you just have to get hot at the right timing. The Bills can get hot right now and build that momentum until you hit playoffs. I, I don't see the way for the Bills not to at least make a deep Super Bowl run. I want to take a time out in the podcast to uh, send out some well wishes to some of our listeners and followers we have out there. Spike Rasm has been a big supporter and listener of this podcast. She sends me a nice text message every week, shares his thoughts on the podcast. Spike, I know you're going through some, some health issues right now. Wishing you on a speedy and healthy recovery. Thoughts and prayers are with you. Uh, through this holiday weekend and with your beautiful family as well. Had a chance to go to the uh, Bills-Dolphins game with Spike and uh, his daughter uh, and uh, daughter-in-law, Rin and Rachel. Had a blast at that game, so wishing the Rasms all the best this Thanksgiving weekend. And all of you, um, so I don't think my brother-in-law is a listener of this podcast. I'm just guessing, but since he's a Miami Dolphin fan, I'm going to say Probably not. Well, my wife's side is coming here. My my uh, sister-in-law, brother-in-law, and their two boys are staying in this house. Uh, they lived in Miami, so rightfully enough, Dolphin fans. But the beauty is um, my, my son's room has a full-size bed, so he will vacate that room. The cousins will share the room with his little brother. And Uncle Greg, the Miami Dolphin fan, will get to sleep on Buffalo Bill sheets with a Buffalo Bill comforter on top with Diggs and Allen and Bill's Mafia posters and pennants all over the walls. That's absolutely fantastic, Brad. Just truly, it gives a visual of uh, a modern-day Christmas vacation. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Gosh, I I, I should talk to my son about putting a poster on the ceiling, so instead of staring at a (laughs) supermodel, he's staring up at Josh Allen. Just... (laughs) I mean, that's basically a Super Right, right? Well, uh, yeah. So on next week's episode, uh, Uncle Greg's reaction to sleeping in a Bills room all week and that coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Big plans for the Jones family this Thanksgiving, Alex? Uh, just heading off to Massachusetts. Uh, my brother's hosting again this year, so we're going over there for that. Well, I don't know if you have anything like outside the norm on the menu, you know, uh, pies, of course, you know, turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, the big addition. I'm going to credit Uncle Greg on this one. He ordered us a turducken. It is currently defrosting as we speak. So uh, for everyone else, we will have a traditional oven-roasted turkey, but on the Traeger smoker, we're going to go cook a turducken. That sounds fantastic. 
For those who do not know, you take a deboned chicken, you stuff it in a deboned duck, and you stuff that inside a deboned turkey. So, uh, yeah, first turducken. Um, I feel like I'm kind of channeling my inner John Madden in this one. So, uh, boom, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to eat some turducken. <laughs> what a fantastic way to enjoy some football with a classic Madden turducken. Well, final thoughts here this week. Bills, Eagles, I mean, you kind of alluded to it already here. Go tit for tat if you can. Try to win the turnover battle. At least force a turnover in this one and stay competitive. This game is a game they can win. Am I expecting it? No, not really, but I would be pleasantly surprised. Alex? I, I wouldn't be. I expect them to be in it. Um, I think this could be a game similar to what we saw with the Ravens Lions, where the Eagles are coming off a huge win. You know, everybody's hyping up the Eagles. And you know what? The Bills could come in and really shock a lot of people. Um, and so I could see it easily being one of those games where. You know, the Bill, the Eagles coming up a little bit of a hangover for Monday night. Um, if the Bills come in hot and ready to go, they could easily stun the Eagles. One would hope at this point. Um, I just hope that after all the turkey and food that we're all going to eat, that we don't just die of a heart attack from the anxiety and stress of this game. That's, that's all I can hope at this point. Honestly, I, it, it being not stressful would probably be the best thing. You know, the Bills get out to an early lead, control the clock. Um, it, it would make me so happy for that, honestly. All right. I would be a bad father if I didn't end this podcast uh, wishing my son, Peter James, a very happy 13th birthday. Turns 13 on Thanksgiving Day. Celebrated the birthday at the game. We went to Hammerlot, got right up to Pinto Ron. They nearly pulled him on the van and let him squirt ketchup. Uh had a blast inside the stadium, lots of fun. So, yeah, 13 years, God, makes me feel incredibly old. But, yes. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday to him. Appreciate it, Alex. All right. Well, other final thoughts here going into this weekend? Uh, the Bills need to keep the parody we saw last week. It was, um, it was an excellent game plan by the Bills. James Cook looked fantastic for the second or third week in a row. Um, and so I think if the Bills are going to be successful, they need to do that. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House podcast. Find our work online at drafthousesports.com, at DHS Buffalo, T.W. Callahan DHS, and Bills Bruiser on Twitter, on Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. For Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Go Bills. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Available on Spotify, Odyssey, High Music, Audible, or wherever you get your podcast. An R Street Media production.